Here we go. Hey there, folks. This is your host, Cameron Ivey of Privacy Please, and thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. Tell your friends about it if you like it. If you don't, let's just pretend you didn't listen to it. Thanks again for coming in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? Welcome to another Privacy Please Unplugged Edition. Cameron Ivey hanging out with Gabe Gums. Gabe, 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 Gabe. How was your weekend, man? Uh, it was all right. Kim Cam, good to see you. How's yours? Good, man. Happy. Just, uh, almost through the first month of the year already. It's wild. It, yeah. It happened fast. It happened really <laughs> fast. I don't even know what to say about it other than that. Like we were we were doing some some planning and and looking back over some other things that need to be done. You know, very vague words that that all of us understand. We can all fill in blanks to those things ourselves. And looked at it, it was like, oh man. And January is already over. Yeah. It's like, it's like, hold on. I just took down the decorations from Halloween and then threw out my Christmas tree and it's already February. Oh, Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> probably do something about that. Is it still up? I'm not going to answer that question. We're kind of <laughs> not that unplugged, are we? Are we that unplugged? Oh, no, yeah. Hey. Did I just answer the question? No, I'm not sure. So I, I think to- you did, but you know what? It's okay because I got my Christmas tree. Like five days before Christmas, so <laughs> it, counts. Um, it counts. It does count. It yeah. counts. I think I think I'm gonna get a, a fake one off of Amazon in the future. I just think it's. I'll make a suggestion. Don't just go fake. Go like luxury fake, dude. Like one that you will like. Like get yourself like an expensive container to put inside of with you know with like uh, a moisture. You know one of those. Buckets are the things that sucks the moisture. I like preserve this thing and use it for like the next decade. I promise you, it's so worth it. Get yourself a a, a proper like pre lit jammy too. Like it's just like with the lights oh, yeah. and everything already on it. Like do it, you will thank me. Oh, I will. Um, we just all right. What's hot off the wire, man? What are you thinking about right now? What are you thinking wire. this week? Oh man, we've we've had we jumped into a lot of topics this week. And some of them, I think all of them actually, were extremely kind of forward. Like we were on the edge, we we're on the precipice of like privacy and security. We we talked a lot about um uh, uh chat GPT and AI and all that yep. stuff. And so this week, somewhat coincidentally, we're just gonna take it old school. Because there's been some updates to um the Graham Leach Bliley Act that well, there, there, there were some original updates that were made quite some time ago that was supposed to go into effect um, back in December. And in December, mm-hmm. the FTC stepped in and said, hey, well, actually, we, we got to give everyone like another six months. Everyone needs more time because it looks like looks like most of you guys just are not you guys just aren't ready to be uh, to be to be able to to be compliant with the additional with the additional amendments to the ruling. So. I mean, for starters, it's probably worth just kind of going back and um, and talking about the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act, also known as the Financial Services Monetization Act. This guy is – this guy, this act is old, right? This, this goes back to 1999, and it was named after 
uh, a couple of senators and, and, and congressmen, right? So there was Senator Phil Graham, guy out of Texas, Representative Jim Leach from Texas also. Where was Jim from? No, Iowa, Iowa. And Thomas Bliley from Virginia. I also want to paint the picture. This is when the Matrix came out. That's how long ago this is. The Fight Club came out that year, too. That makes sense. I'd all and sense. I can see dead people as well. <laughs> A little sixth sense. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Okay. So the thing is that I covered all kinds of things. It covered it. It mostly covered, you know, <clears throat> how different financial institutions um, could operate. Like I'm not going right. to get into the details of it. Cause like this, I'm, I'm going to definitely get outside of my territory when it comes to, you know, the, the different barriers that it may have removed from companies being able to operate in, in the markets as, you know, as different, you know, banking companies and security companies versus insurance companies. Like it goes into all of that kind of stuff, but, but there were also some, some rules in there regarding, um, regarding how one needed to protect data throughout the process and transaction, but ultimately not a lot. Like, you know, GLBA didn't come up so much in most privacy and security circles that I think it made kind of that ripple impact uh, that you you might see with, with some of the others, including maybe like NYCRR 500, for example, which got really prescriptive on things like, you know, making sure you had least privilege access, access control um, mm-hmm. on, customer, on customer data. Um, but that's the thing is the FTC has a fairly wide reach, right? So the FTC, um, it can use GLBA to implement any additional regulations that it wants to, right? So although right. the FTC already has authority under like Dodd-Frank, um, that the entire Dodd-Frank Wall Street reform bill, like it can use, it can use VLBA to, to, to basically, um, to basically, um, implement whatever rules and safeguards it wants. And so why bring all this up? Cause it's, cause it is old school. Like one of the older privacy and security regulations we tend to talk about on, on this show and just in general is HIPAA. Right. Um, and we, we talk about how it dates all the way back to like 95 when, when Bill Clinton signed it into law. And so if you think about, so from 95 HIPAA goes into place, right? Like really right. true. true yeah. True, true and real privacy protection. Eh. Sure. Yes. Yes. Four years later, um, comes in some financial um, regulations that are a bit wide region, but also include some security protections, but not much in the way of privacy. In fact, um, arguably nothing in the way of privacy that wasn't a direct byproduct of the security requirements. But the FTC is, has updated their requirements. Now, for those of you playing along at home, the FTC has been getting busy in this department for easily the last decade, right? Like I can think right. back to the first time the FTC um, find an organization for a data breach, a sensitive data breach, like customer data. It's got to be 10 years ago now. Like, and, and I don't want to put names on the map, but I'm, but I want to, f- I want to say that one of the larger landmark cases was the FTC and like Marriott easily a decade ago. And I can't believe it's that long ago now. Wow. Yeah. Can't believe it's that long ago, but that's the FTC getting getting into the privacy protection business. So they went further, and these rulings, the the the, the updated rules, were supposed to have gone into effect um, already. Uh, but again, twenty one, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so now, and so now they've they've extended this time. So, so why bring this up? Well, here's the thing: should have gone into effect a year ago. Um, 
they're getting the, the industries are getting another six months, right? Financial industries are getting another six months. It's largely a byproduct of the fact that folks aren't figuring this out well. If I'm being if I'm being honest with you, I've I've had some conversations that 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 have been disturbing, too. Where like you know, th- there's always a, a rush to money in some of these things, and I've heard some folks you know mention they they went out, they bought this product, they bought that product, and they realized crap, like that actually doesn't that doesn't help me at all. But right, like there's this ruling, and they have to get to it. Um, and so I think that the real challenge I'm having is what, what this really means is for a large number of financial institutions, their ability to perform risk assessments, implement access restrictions, encryption, train their staff, have an incident response plan or a data minimization plan uh-huh. is whole is wholly lacking in any way that allows them to even to even tick the minimum boxes for the FTC. That's problematic. That's problematic. So, so you're saying you're saying that they're actually not forced to actually perform these. Mm. No, well, they, they are in the sense that they have everyone that falls under this, and it's very wide-reaching, right? Like from from CPA firms to to, to banks, it's very wide-reaching. Um, they have to be able okay. to. They have to be regu- They have to be compliant um, by June, right? Like Ju- June, I think it is, maybe July. Right. They have to so it's not that you don't have to be compliant now, because if you have to be compliant by June, then then you should. You should have yeah, started you should already already be right? doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah you don't it have just to give them a little extra. Uh, what is it? Uh, just a little, a little runway. But you're right. Like <laughs> what I was teasing at there was exactly that. What what it means is that like as as a lot of those institutions stand today, it doesn't seem that they are or were right. And and I guess maybe if we're being cynical, we could have sat and said, well, duh, I could have told you that none of them were prepared. But man, it seems it seems re- as far reaching as this this ruling is. The, the, the I should say the ruling, but the update to the um to the to to the regulation, as far reaching as it is, it's just it's a little it's a little troubling to think that just as a whole, the finance the financial services industry is just unprepared, just unprepared, which is crazy is, to think because. Because like it's critical this is infrastructure. Important. Because it is critical yeah. infrastructure, and when you think about cr- disrupting critical infrastructure, like that, there is a place to disrupt it. Well, what, Gabe, what, what makes financial institutions critical infrastructure compared to, I don't know, healthcare institutions or what? Well, let's let's run a little let's run a little um, thought exercise. Let's close every hospital in America for a week. Okay, it, shit's going to get out of hand, right? Like people are going to die. It's going to go crazy. Like there's going to be like yeah. probably some riots in the streets, right? Like it's going to be wild. It's not going to be good. Let's close every bank in America and tell them that no one can transact anything or get access to their money. Everywhere. This is, this is a massive hypothetical, right? Like I'm just, but the answer to your question is like, why are financial institutions critical infrastructure? The same reasons why those banks were deemed too big to fail. So don't take my word for it. Like in my ridiculous hypothetical is not ridiculous at all. It is why like the entire infrastructure of too big to fail exists, but that's, but by and large, that's why you create a lot of panic. You undermine all of society when its ability to to transact goods and services is wholly compromised, right? Like when you yeah. impact individual things such as transportation or electricity, like those have wide-reaching effects as well, and they tend to be redundant also. Our banking systems, they have some redundancy built into them, but I don't know. I don't know how much redundancy they have built into them. I don't. 
I do not know how much resiliency they have built into them, but that that they're pushing compliance out further. I don't know. I mean, that's that's not a bad thing. I, I want to be clear about that. Giving everyone right. more time is a good thing, right? Like the idea isn't just to go around slapping fines on on on, on organizations. That's that's bad. Um, that is right. that is not going to be helpful. That, that's the kind of thing that will force people to just go check a box. Right. It makes me think about how you're seeing more and more. I know this might be a little off to- topic, but how you're seeing more and more non-physical bank companies or new companies coming out digital, uh, online only, like Chime. Right. right. Like, no, uh, yeah, and I know the, the brick and mortar bank. Uh, well, cause I mean, for instance, what do you need physical checks for anymore? And if, you know, a lot of those companies also allow you to go to an ATM and withdraw or either pay for your, your, uh, fees to get that money out. If you need physical money, which is, seems like it's kind of like most people use cards anyways, and it's all digital and Apple pay and everything like that. I mean, do you think that we're always going to go to a all, do you think we're going to go to an all digital do you think physical money will be obsolete at some point in our our lifetime? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't either. If only because it re- it would require the rest of the world to also move in that direction too, right? Like, I don't think I don't. I just don't see that really happening. But maybe that maybe maybe I'm just not. I don't have enough of a visionary mind. After all, we moved away from like coins, um, but. The answer to that question for me largely becomes like, well, what problem would we solve by moving away from digital, by moving away from physical money? And we both know, as you just described, there's a ton of problems you solve with it. And the least yeah. of which is the least of which is right, like very helpful to the rest of the world, actually. Like, how do you support large diasporas of people and right, like you know, where you have entire continents and subcontinents and countries and and geographical regions that that rely heavily on their family members working in other countries and sending monies back home via these, yeah. these, 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 uh, these are institutions. Um, but physical money though is very, very useful socioeconomically once the money gets kind of that last mile though, right? Like um, you and I may not use a lot of actual cash, but, but a lot of people are paid in cash though. A lot That's of true. people are paid in cash. And so, you know, th- there's, there's these different rungs of the socioeconomic ladder where, I don't know that you can I don't know how you get rid of it yet. However, I also know that as I say that statement, um, there are parts of the world where, and I'm, I'm thinking China specifically, where I've, I firsthand witnessed folks on all levels of the socioeconomic scale largely only use digital means of transactions, right? Like, you know, things like WePay, like well ahead of us Americans mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, tipping a restaurant using, you know, maybe just like your phone and yeah. then donating money to the guy on the side of the street, dinging a bell with just your phone or literally someone who is even less fortunate and like all they have is a phone, but you can still give him money, right? Like you can still go give that person money to, to maybe go get a meal. Like, and, and so they're well ahead of us in those ways. Um, I don't know. I don't know that we're going to see physical money go away. I can tell you, you mentioned like all those, you know, non brick and mortar companies here's the thing that they're all going to get bought up by brick and mortar places or they're going to get bought up by the big institutions is a better way of putting it they will i very many years ago joined one of those those companies it has to be 
25 years, no, yeah, 25 years ago, maybe at least 25, about 25 years ago, there was an organization um, that was all digital. Um, they were called Orange Financial. They were one of the first, like, you know, banking mm. banks. They ended up getting bought out by Capital One years later, right? Like, so if you still happen to have had one of those, you might be a Capital One customer now, right? Like, um, yeah, that makes sense, right? Like, and so the thing is, as those companies succeed, the Zells or whatever, like, they all they 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 all end up just getting bought up, right? Like, JP Morgan because or, yeah. Well, those, those are smart. I mean, cause they're obviously mega, you know, they have the money to buy them out and then now yeah. they can have a amazing online presence as well as in person. It's because, makes sense. it's because they have a monopoly. That's the words you're really looking for. Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there it is. I mean, you're not wrong. Right. But like, let's be honest. It is because they have that much gravity, right? Like they have that much pull in the market. Um, that's, that's the thing. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Topic there. No, no, no. It was a good. It was a good. That's a good uh, unplugged <laughs> rat hole. I like that's a good unplugged. This rat message hole. is brought to you by Capital One. Capital One. Yeah. Capital One. What's in if your? If you're listening, Capital today? One, we don't. Yeah, we'll we'll be happy to throw Capital your ads one. in here. What do you want to put in our wallet today, Capital? One? <laughs> what would you like to put in my wallet today? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Cameron's wallet is hanging wide open. Did you notice? <laughs> Um, but anyway, like it's a regulation we don't talk about a lot. We talk a lot about privacy regulations on this show because, you know, right. privacy show. Um, and we do talk a bit about security regulations because they're impactful and, and they and they cross over. But as security regulations go, you know, they don't they don't kind of come up in the news to, to this level anyway. And uh, and so it, it's just interesting to make this observation that there is still so much unpreparedness out there. Um it's worth addressing. Yeah. Um, so do you think that there's a possibility that this, I mean, since it's been, I guess, I don't know if you went over this, but did they have a reason why they didn't put this into effect when it was supposed to be in effect in 2021? Not, not, enough, not enough companies were ready. Yeah. Um, However, the FTC delayed the effective date in response to a public comment letter submitted by the Small Business Administration, the SBA, noting that there is a reported shortage of qualified personnel to implement information security programs. There's not enough people in small businesses to put into effect all of these security controls. The, the, The SBA wrote a letter to the FTC and said, quote, a reported shortage of qualified personnel to implement information security programs. But how do you do that? How do you encrypt all of your data? So here's one of the regulations. Financial institutions will be required to encrypt all customer information in transit or at rest. Access restrictions. Financial institutions will be required to implement technical and physical access controls that authenticate only authorized users and limit authorized users access to information as required to perform their duties. Like that's not impossible it's just like how do you do all that when you are literally a, a, a small business yeah i was just gonna ask you that why wouldn't they have at least a number i guess they can't even base it off of a number yet a number of what of i don't know the the size of your financial institution and so so if you so if you do business with a small financial institution do you do you want him to not encrypt your stuff yeah, I guess it should be you know for everybody. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. I understand that the the the, um, the paradox there though, right? I do. I thoroughly get that paradox, but it does. But it then starts becoming kind of an a quality thing. Like, so who gets access to to who gets access to data protection? Ooh, here's a good question for you. That's a good question too. 
Do you think that this could be something that turns into a you get what you pay for type of situation inside of a bank where it's a feature? Like if you want your data encrypted, you have to pay a little bit extra or is that not even problematic? So who will be able to afford that? Right. But is that something that they could actually do? Is that possible? Well, of course you can. Of course you can do that. I mean, you would can that, do it now. Yeah. Right. Like you would can that do it be a, I mean, yeah. I just don't know. I didn't know if that was like legal for financial oh, institutions. I was just going to say, I don't know if you could like legally yeah. do it. I mean, yeah. You could, yeah. All right. I apologize. I was like, yeah, no, we can totally do that. Yeah. I did not, I did not answer the question well at all. Um, you, technology allows for it. Can you do it legal? I mean, certainly morally, you can't do it. Like, you just can't do it. Like, let's just get that one on the table. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, morally, not flipping do that, guys. Like, don't yeah. do that. Um, but legally, we, we, we need to go ask, we need to go run down a Glibba expert in our network. Mm. We need a Glibba network. We need, we need, we need to put a shout out to the Glibba network. Is there anyone out there that is big in the Glibba network? We want to, we want to come talk. We're going to come talk shop a little bit more. We're going to do a part two on this because I don't know what, what can and can't be done, but like, it's, it's not hard to understand that small businesses simply do not have this capacity. I get it. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Well, cause I can imagine that, you know, to have all these in place, it's going to cost the heads a certain amount of cost and, you know, forget even just there's the hundred percent cost, which is directly tied to, I was going to say, forget costs, but I was going to say like, who's going to do it, but that's the cost. And I say, and then who knows how to, how to do it but again there's the cost there's all of the cost right. you're, you're absolutely right cam there's the cost yeah because i'm seeing with the incident response plan maintain customer information for five thousand consumers or more must establish a written incident response so there's a threshold so that one's a threshold yeah. right so five institutions that may so if you have less than five thousand customers you don't have to have an incident response plan I don't know that I feel comfortable with that either, though, right? Like, right, right. Response plan, even for a one-man shop, doesn't need to be much other than, hey, here's what you need to do. Like, make sure you contact your 10 customers and make sure, you know, like, you you, you send them this list of resources for to, 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 to monitor their credit. Like, just, like, an incident response plan doesn't need to be so wholly complicated, but this is where these organizations need help. Maybe the FTC and the SBA should be getting together with industry like ourselves, and we help them with these packets of like, here is what an incident response plan for, for organizations below 5,000 customers needs to look like. Like this definitely needs yeah. to be a combination of private and public uh, co- collaboration here. Yeah. Cause I mean, even though they said that it didn't seem like um, a lot, enough financial institutions were prepared for this and that's why they push it. It could also mean the same for them on their side. Oh, totally. You know, yeah. Who's going to audit it? That's a lot to audit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Problem is, oh, you just have to be the unlucky. You just have to be the unlucky business, right? Like it's, it's just a. You just don't want to have to play that game. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. If we have anybody listening that's uh, really big on, was it Gliba? And um, I don't know how many people call it that. GLBA, Gliba. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe there's like a, th- a few thousand of us that say that Gliba. It doesn't even sound Gliba. 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 If there are any Gliba homies out there, G-Liba. we want to kick it with you next week on Unplug. <laughs> <laughs> but let's okay. do that. Let's, yeah, yeah. Let's, we'll have a follow up to this conversation. Um, as these things unfold, though, it's, it is it is always good to sometimes pull it back to where we don't have enough of a spotlight on 
where our privacy and security gets affected. And, uh, you know, hell, we're coming up on tax season. And so this is, I can't imagine that this topic isn't just like pounding away at organizations. Like, I, do, do I really want to to have you safeguard all of my, my financial data, Mr. Tax Preparer person, if um, you have none of these, these safeguards? And, and look, I know the guy yeah. who just like processes 10 and 20 people down the block can't, he can't do all these things. That's, that's understandable and acceptable, but we've got to be able to, to help address some of the, well, do they know to turn on full disk encryption on their laptop, right? Because their operating system gives them access to that, but by default, it may not be turned on, right? Like there's just, there's just all that base level stuff. Yeah. Well, it's pretty interesting. Um, I guess it's something we'll keep an eye on too, to see if it actually goes through and what was it? June? Oh, it's going through. That's that's the thing. For November, they, they put one delay on it. It's going through. Okay. Well, good stuff. Right on. Good to catch you up again. We'll. Uh, All right, Gabe. We'll see you soon. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see y'all next week. Catch you on the next episode of Privacy Please. Peace out. Hey, you guys made it all the way to the end. Thanks for listening. Again, if this is your first time, we really appreciate the support and everyone that's always been around since the beginning. We love you guys. Keep supporting Privacy, please. And we'll always have new content each and every week. Cameron Ivy, over and out.